Welcome to Alligator Preserves, everyone. I'm your host, Laurel McCarg, and today I have another awesome author to introduce to you. His name is Matthew John Mahar. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I got it right. So stick around. Welcome to Alligator Preserves, a weekly podcast about revealing yourself through storytelling, story reading, and story writing, but probably not story arithmetic because that's not a thing. You just might surprise yourself with the secrets you'll uncover. Matthew, and let let me just let our audience know out there, your last name is spelled M-E-A-G-H. E-R. So a lot of people might call you meager, right? Uh, I get meager quite often. Yes. Yeah. Just, just like with, with me, McCarg, it looks like McCargue. So I get McCharge, McCharge oh, yeah. all, all, all kinds of things, but it's, yeah, it's a silent argue. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good Irish last name. Tis. Yes, it is. So <laughs> Matthew Mahar. Yeah. Tell our audience who you are. Uh, my name is Matthew John Mahar. You can call me Matt. I am the author of Irish Town. It is an acclaimed novel. I actually, uh, it's my first debut novel. It's only about a million awards. It won, it it just won another award. Uh, It's more like four or five. Oh, oh, well, there are only three on it. And and I'll just tell everybody, you were the uh, Killer Nashville Silver Falcon winner, the NYC Big Book Award and Colorado Authors league award winner what other awards do we have to add on to irish town uh, i <laughs> thank you um no i also just won the uh reader views national gold award for their literary awards uh which basically means like they send the book out to a random reader in the country and then that person reads the book and then reviews it and the top reviews win awards and I won the gold for young adult fiction. Can't get any higher than that, can you? No, no. It was actually uh, I was up against some of the big five, like, you know, the big five publishers. So that was actually, I mean, like, so it's a pretty big deal to me because you know I kind of I did this all myself. It's actually my master's thesis. So that's incredible. I, I hear a lot about people saying I worked really, really hard for ten years to become an overnight success. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> excuse me. I worked for three years to become an overnight success. Uh, okay. I am not an overnight success, though. But I will tell you this, like, I'm very proud of all the hard work I put into it. And it's hard as a writer sometimes to, like, always, you know, it's hard as a writer to be like, I'm a really good writer and it's won a bunch of awards. That's just not what writers are like. And so I'm honored. I'm honored uh, that, that a lot of people like it. To be honest, when I when I was first writing it, not a lot of people believed in it, believed in the idea of like, you know, a main character that is an adolescent male and like that really goes to a T of like what it's like to be hormonal and deal with PTSD. I mean, it's just not a hold your hands type of YA. That's for sure. You know? And so when I was first workshopping it and stuff, not that there were a lot of believers, but they were just like, this is going to be hard to sell. And, you know, I always kept fighting. I kept fighting for it because I believed in it. And well, the truth you is, should have. Yeah. 
and thank you. And so I'm really honored that the people really enjoy reading. That's why I wrote it. That's why writers write. Like I, I mean, originally I was like, oh, it'd be really great to be a multi-billionaire. But realistically, I mean, if I were to think about when I was composing it to where I am now, I, like I couldn't even imagine it. <laughs> so like so while, while we're talking about it, give us your, yeah. give our listeners your elevator pitch for Irish Town. All right. My elevator pitch. Okay. It's about two competing high schools, uh, the haves and the have nots. And they fight um, at the end for an end all be all to see who's the winner of a very important event. All right. Yes. And it was incredibly important. Yeah, yeah, like there's a lot to Irish Town. So, I mean, I could talk about like the elevator pitch is so hard. It is, it is hard too for Irish Town because it touches a lot of things. So, and I just came back from Rocky Mountain Fiction Writers Conference annual conference and gave a couple pitches. And yes, it's it's amazing. I drove up with my friend L.V. Ditchkiss. She wrote this, the Sasquatch series. And, and I gave oh. her my pitch on the drive up. And she said, no, no, that's not it. That's not it. Tell me what it's about in your own words. And it, it took me probably an hour of driving to get what yeah. satisfied her. And it was exactly what the agents wanted to hear. So it's very difficult to condense an entire yeah. novel into one or two sentences that convey the whole essence of your book. But you're not, you're not just a writer. You just spent a whole day, I think, teaching. You're still, you're still a teacher. Yes. Yes. I, uh, I was an elementary teacher. I was a fifth grade teacher for eight years. So I taught three years in Vail. Um, I've taught in the inner city. I've taught in England and I've taught, so I've taught a lot of the demographics um, (laughs) around the Denver area especially the metro area. So I've definitely seen the haves and the have-nots. So I, uh, a lot of my first book is based on my experiences from elementary school teacher, or just my, you know, my views of what I've uh, seen a little bit about like, or, you know, perceptions of kids that don't have anything or have a lot the kids that do. And, you know, so I have, so that was part of it. But the truth is, is I, uh, the main thing I want to talk about is as a fifth grade teacher, what I was struggling with was I would get kids that could read at a high level and there wasn't a book that had the content that kept them interested. Uh, so what I, I really did like, so it would go like hunger games or maze runner, which was fine. And then it would be like, all right, well, I guess now you could read to kill a mockingbird, you know, like, which is fine. I mean, I know it's an educational book, but I, I want I wanted my kids to be able to have a book that would engage them, but was approachable. You know, so that's the one thing that I think uh, that was my thesis was uh, to write for reluctant readers. So I write I write for any age level, but content for every age level too. Like I, a lot of my fans, not a lot, my fans, some of my fans are over fifty. So. A lot of people are like, wait, 50-year-olds like YA? And I was just like, well, the content of Irish Town, you know, may engage an older adult, is what I was saying. So it's yes. not all young adults. Just because the main character is a teenager and it pulls all the tropes of YA, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty adult fiction, you know? It, it, but, it is. 
It has all the tropes of YA. It it does. So so people often ask me who who inspired you to write Laurel, and and I give them my answer. Would you please tell me about Ms. Shoemaker? Oh my God, Ms. Shoemaker, your fifth grade teacher. My fifth grade teacher. Okay, Ms. Shoemaker, like. I don't know, man. She saw, wow, you're going to make me get emotional here. Miss Shoemaker, like, saw potential in me as a writer specifically. Uh, I was always a very competitive athlete, la, la, la. And I just wasn't, I wasn't the most focused kid, but she saw potential in my ability to use figurative language very easily. And my brain, uh, I don't know, like at a very young age, like you don't teach you how to be a writer sometimes. So I was like, I was using poetic prose in like fifth grade, just naturally. Mm-hmm. So she really promoted the fact that I was a good writer. And then uh, she also did the yearbook for fifth grade. And you get to write like, oh, I, what, I, what you'll see me as in the future, quote. And in mine, it says, you'll see me in the future as a baseball player, but... If I'm not a baseball player, I'll be a writer. So when I was 10 years old, Ms. Shoemaker saw me as a writer. And I, see the, I really I, liked her as a teacher, and I'm a teacher. I see the big baseball painting behind you. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. Do you have the plague? Matt is okay. He's just, uh, I, I got him a little choked up on that last question about his fifth grade teacher. I mean, I, I remember did. I remember my fifth grade teacher. My <laughs> fifth grade teacher taught me how to lay down in the grass and look up at the sky and the clouds and peer through the blades of grass and see things and write poetry about it. And yeah. I loved it. And she inspired me to write. And so I wonder if she knows that you have been a fifth grade teacher. So the odds of like me being a fifth grade writing teacher is so cool. So I know whatever, you know, if she read the book, but I actually have other fifth grade teachers and other teachers that used to teach me that have read the book too. And they all love it. So I'm like super proud of like, like as teachers, we always reach out. We're like, oh my gosh, the student got a light bulb today. And these teachers who promoted my writing and promoted my literacy and my talent get to see a light bulb they get to see me succeed with something that they taught me how to do and that's something as a teacher i always i'm like wow you know it makes me feel really warm inside because i get to i get to give that to teachers that i get to feel every day yes you get to yeah give that to your students most (laughs) embarrassing most embarrassing moment as a teacher most embarrassing but when i found out i was bald when you found out or when you I found out I was bald from being recorded as a teacher and I didn't know I was balding. What? So they found, so like they recorded me writing on a chalkboard (laughs) and you could see the circle on the back of my head. And I finally, I went to the class. I was like, guys, how long has this circle been here? (laughs) And then they were like, we thought you knew. And I was just like, I didn't know that I'm losing my hair. That's probably the most embarrassing thing. That's that is that's rather incredible. My 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 most embarrassing was reading the Dick and Jane series to my seventh graders to encourage them to write 
better sentence structure than was in the Dick and Jane books. And of course, what do, what book do I pull out first? I pull out the big and small book. And we're talking about yeah. Dick. Oh, oh my God. Students were rolling on the floor and I, I was practically crying because I just, I, and, and they wouldn't let me stop. They're like, Oh miss, Oh miss read more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, really like, <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, like there, I, I probably have some unique stories of teaching like puberty. <laughs> yes. You know, those questions, but I mean, to be honest, that's probably the most embarrassing because I was really young at the time. And now I'm used to being bald, but at the time I was like, oh, really embarrassed about it. But I, I mean, it's fine. It's a good story to tell, you know, most, most rewarding moment as a teacher. Uh, most rewarding moment as a teacher was. There are probably lots, maybe. Uh, there are. I just like. Or anything memorable. Well, recently. My last fifth grade classroom just graduated high school and I've gotten like four Facebook, like not request, you know, I mean, it's not like whatever, but messages saying that they're like, I haven't not gotten an A on writing since fifth grade because of you. Wow. So, So like, and I have a, I have a few other students who are like getting degrees in writing. And it's because I, I you know, not that I'm a writing teacher, but like I was a full classroom teacher. So I taught reading and science and math, but I always dug in and I was like, you got to be able to write. Like, I mean, it doesn't like once you get to college, how do you improve your intelligence? You write, you know, I mean, you do take tests, but there's a lot of writing involved. So I just kept on pushing and driving that idea that you got to be good writers. And then I started modeling for them uh, how I wrote because then they're like, they're like, well, we want to write like you. And I was like, well, then start doing it. <laughs> and then, Get to uh, work. yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, recently I've had about four or five students who are like, I mean, this we're talking about like eight years ago, you know, and they're like adults and they're like, thank you for affecting our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably one of the more proud moments that I've recently experienced. I mean, I hate to say it, but I, I've won some awards too in teaching, but whatever. So I was proud of those as well. <laughs> Amazing. Did you use any of your students in Irish Town? I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you don't have to name it. You can't name them. I don't think. But no, 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 no. I just uh, Mars is based off one of my students. Do they know that Mars is based on them? No, 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 no. It's a nickname I gave him, and. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he deserves it. He's a good kid. And then uh, Nevaeh, who's a small character in the beginning, uh, I had a student. Um, and then um, just a few other ones. I mean, honestly, like, they're all based on, like, that's how I write, is I put real people into a fictional world pretty close. So a lot of the characters are based off real people, especially in Irish Town, because it's my first book. And, you know, you're kind of just like sub. And I'm a sub. I'm a right by the seat of my pants type writer. Pantser, pantser, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a pantser, so a lot of my stuff is subconscious. It's my first books, so I, I was just like, well, I'm just going to write people I know. And so a lot of the characters are based off people I know, um, students, a few of them, and then the experiences in school are to achieve something I've experienced. So you say you're a pantser, and this is your first, your debut novel, and it's won yeah. multiple awards. How many 
edits did you have to do? Don't say none. Don't say ah. first draft equals final copy. Over 10. Over 10 edits. Full novel edits, yeah. And it went through two mentors. I had two mentors. And like through college. And then I had a, an editor, Helby, um, as well. Um, and I'm fortunate. Like my dad's an AP English teacher. So he helped me figure out some things. And then uh, I also have like, <laughs> my next door neighbor who used to babysit me is like an IB, you know what International Baccalaureate Program right, high school uh-huh. is? Yep. She was like an IB HL English teacher. So she, and she's my editor too. So wow. I've had a lot of support when it comes to writing. But I mean, it's all me, you know, like a lot, like a lot of the the entire book is me. The one thing I will say, though, that I that I'm very proud of. And it gives an example of how writing is so unique and that you have to observe the world for some things. Uh, My mentor, Irish Town was a book. It was great, but it wasn't as suspenseful. Uh, as my mentor wanted it to be. And she was like, if you really want reluctant readers to read, you have to get it to be exciting and they have to turn the page every 10 seconds. Basically, they can't put it down. And so I was like, okay, what can I do to this novel that makes me nervous or makes me not want to put something down? And I was playing with my parents, a doing a some sort of sand timer game where you watch sand fall. Right. And I was like, oh, you know what makes me nervous? Counting down. Counting down to the finale. I was going to ask you about that, how that came up. So uh, I chose to count down in my like seventh edit. And I was like, oh, this will be really easy. (laughs) I'll just put a day at the beginning of each chapter. And then I started how I write. And I started looking at the book and I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to like rewrite the whole novel. (laughs) Because you have to be on the tee with Thursdays. You got to be on the team with when they get homework assignments. You got to be on the team with all these things, especially if you're doing, I'm sorry, I can get into it, but like I had to do a lot. And the other thing is it's written as a a clock. It's 60 and it counts down to zero. So uh, that was. Well, it it was, it was really effective. I'll I'll tell you that. uh, Well, you were told that you needed to have a little more suspense and action in it. And so that, you, you do that with a countdown. You have yeah. the ultimate event that you're getting to in each day. Something significant happens. There are challenges yeah. that the characters have to overcome each each time. And they're learning the whole way and growing. And you've got the character arcs. You've got it all in there. You've got the archetypal teenage angst, you know, the the angstiness, the, the yeah. hormonalness, the insecurity, the bombasticness the all of that i mean you you've you've captured that whole flavor of teenage hormonal students so uh, rivalries and alliances right you've got rivalries you've got alliances you you know we see that on tv on shows right you're voted off the island Uh, here's here's a, a big picture question for you about rivalries and alliances are they inevitable in society I think we're ingrained with them. I think, yeah, they are inevitable. (laughs) I think, so especially with socio-demographics, 
I think it's just hard not to try to do your best and to compete with whoever's around you. You see an opponent, not opponent, but you see another person who's succeeding. You want to either be as successful or better. And so like, that's what you want to be, you know? So I do see it's inevitable for competition, but uh, I witnessed, you know, privilege or I've witnessed privilege and I just like, they have different aspects of life that kids without privilege do. But kids without privilege have some benefits of their lives that they don't quite appreciate either that kids of privilege have or don't have. So I, while they are different and while they compete and, you know, uh, they're very uniquely different, I have started to see that there are a lot of similarities in both demographics as well. So while um, there are clear villains in the book, <laughs> uh, you know, I make it very clear throughout time, I'm trying to say something where I'm like, these kids are without also. The, uh, the, the privileged kids are also without something, you know? So while uh, and they're without something that the non-privileged have in this mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, you know, one of my messages uh, in the book is that you could that we're all relatively the same because we either are without something or we either have something. It shouldn't matter how much money we have. And you you don't beat the reader over the head with that. It's which no. is which is lovely. The the two fictional places, Ash, Ashton, Ashton and, and Cher, uh, Cherry Cherry Ridge, yeah, the Cherry Ridge. Are they are they loosely based on actual places? <laughs> are they loosely based? Ah, uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> They're very uh, specifically based off two people. Like if you know the Denver area, you know what this book's based on. And if you yes, know the mountains are. and yeah, yes, where I are. used to we'll live, just, yeah, yes, like, we'll just say yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. They are based off. Uh, Oh God, it was just so, without saying anything, it was just so easy. It was such a good setting. <laughs> such a good setting to have. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. Because <laughs> I, I read it and I do. Speaking yeah. of reading it, is there is there a passage you'd like to read from it? To give sure, our listeners a feel for Matthew Mahar's Irish Town. Irish Town. I, there's a, yeah, there are I, only there are only three sticker awards on my book that I have. So are you going to have to send me two more stickers to put on my book? Yeah, I will definitely send you two more <laughs> stickers for sure. Oh, like, if you want them, I can send anything you want. I'll send you a signed <laughs> copy for sure. <laughs> I think I think I have a signed copy. Oh, did I sign that one too? You did. You I'll did. I'll just keep signing everything for you. To the luck of the Irish. <laughs> to the luck yeah. of the Irish. Yeah. Because you knew I was Irish. <laughs> was it a year ago? Was it just a year ago I met you? Yeah. In Georgetown? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It was that really windy day. It was. It was a dark and stormy night. All right. What are you going to read just, us? Set us up. Okay. So just a little premise. My main character, Jester, who tells the entire story, has fallen for uh, this girl named Christmas Day. Christmas and, Day. You had fun and, with names. <laughs> And this is him about, and he loves her, but he also uh, has to get her, he has to convince her to do something that is death defined. So this is the moment that happens before he has to break the bad news that he's been kind of like, yeah, I really like you, but I also am doing this to 
convince you to do something that we need you to do. So this is called Christmas Snow, chapter 18, and there's 20 days left until the final fight. I've heard love stories, but living a love dream is entirely different. I think about Christy all the time. I've been writing her name on my notebook, and I'm already in the hundreds. We've only been dating a couple of weeks or so. The first few dates were terrifying and a little awkward, but Christy always finds a way to clear the air with some jab or sarcastic insult. It's hard to concentrate. When I'm with her, it's like we're in a snow globe filled with magical glittering snowflakes. And when I'm not around her, all I can think about is the next thing I'm going to do to make her smile. But today is the day that I have to shake the globe. A rare afternoon sun melts over the West Peaks, turning the blue sky to orange and pink Cerbert. Chrissy's family lives in my neighborhood. I walk up to her house and ice crackles under my shoes at each step. Approaching the porch, I see through a well-lit window a huge man leaning back in a recliner with July, Christmas's five-year-old sister, playing with toys on her carpet. Her mom walks in with mugs of beer, hands him one, and sits on the couch with a crossword puzzle. I'm envious. But after getting to know Christy, I can't think of anyone who deserves a normal family more than her. I wait a few more minutes to let them enjoy a few sips and relax. I take a deep breath and reach for the doorbell. Yeah. I wrote that. <laughs> you did. Okay. Okay. So I asked another author this when I was interviewing. Do you ever look back at what you've written and say, oh my gosh, I wrote that. How did I write that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, do that a lot with Irish. I do that a lot with Irish town because, uh, well, I'm a pantser. <laughs> or, uh, yeah. So I remember this in my pants. I'm like, wow. I, how did that come out? You know, like I do do that all the time. I've been also published with three short stories and uh, that really is my pantser. But I mean, like I get really surprised at my ability to create characters out of thin air. Well, they're and not out of thin air. They're, they're from your classroom. They're from my your... life. <laughs> but like I do really well in character building and character development. And that is something that I hold dear and I'm very impressed with myself as. And for some reason, I uh, I don't have to outline a novel. But after you, I, so you pantsed it, and then you had to edit it like ten times, so however many times, and you and you you later added the countdown element to add the suspense. Right, right. So when you added right. the count, did you you kind of had to go from being a pantser to a bit of a planner when you did the I countdown, did. right? I did, I did, I did. Uh, How hard was that? Got me there. I did have to plan a little bit. <laughs> I did have to plan a little bit. You got me there. Uh, but the content was very uh, subconscious. Like, I don't know. I just, I wrote it about five years ago. Not, you know, I was just in a different part of my life. And I, I wrote a lot of the grit in Irish town was uh, how I was viewing the world back then. You know, it's just, that's how it is. But I'm really proud of it. Like, I mean, it, it came out awesome. If you were to really write happy. it today, if you were to write this today, get the idea of today. How would it be different? Oh, I'd be too nice, too happy. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I have the second manuscript. No. The second, uh, you're doing a follow-on to this? I've already written it, yeah. Oh, well, okay. Okay. So, like, I have that going to publisher, or I'm pitching for a publisher and agent right now with the second manuscript. So I'm actually a lot happier. Like, I'm happy. 
the Irish town is a is it, there's a lot of like good things in Irish town, but the grit and stuff. I I was I'll just straight up tell you I wasn't as happy when I wrote it as I am now. So it's, but the writing would be significantly better because I have gotten a lot better, just like over time by writing and stuff. I feel that my next novel, Sweet Evil, is well is better written than Irish Town was. Well, I yeah, I would hope, as all authors do, that with each successive book we get better, we learn more craft, we read more great books, and it helps us with our own writing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you'll Sneaky. like this. So the next one is Jester and Chris. Well, is Jester's kids. Ah, okay. So it's all about how their high school relationship, how they go against Cherry. The so uh, oh, so it's not all going to be sweet and happy because you're much happier now and no more. No, but I wrote it for like to be more approachable for middle grades. So it's not mm-hmm. as like chain smoking cigarettes. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Getting it on in the backseat. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So speaking of, of great books, a couple of times in this one, you mentioned The Great Gatsby. It's just yes, your favorite do. book. And yes. Yeah. So why did you choose that? I like the format and the structure of The Gatsby. Uh, I had a mentor and my dad's a huge fan of it. And they were like, you can narrate a story that is kind of third person through the eyes of another character kind of like nick caraway talks about the gatsby yeah so there is a layer of the gatsby in there in a high school ya because what i want like so i so you could consider irish to be a gatsby character and jester to be a nick caraway but like uh, that was all a part of my thesis what uh my whole idea of i want people that aren't necessarily the best readers to have access to a novel that is close to literary fiction. And I, I saw a lot of things in the great Gatsby and I was like, I could do, I could do something similar to this, but for high schoolers and to make it more engaging. So that's why I referenced the great Gatsby in there um, a few times. Yeah. That's the reason yeah. why I mentioned the Gatsby. Alrighty. Is it, is it one of your favorite books? It is one of my favorite books. It's just, I'm not a fan of Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. That's okay. If you it's can't okay. tell me some of my character in the book, I'm just not a fan of the name Daisy. But it's a, it's a great book. It's very well written. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. It's just that like, I'm a little bit of a modern reader. You know, I like reading books about modern times. I don't necessarily like reading dystopians. But I will. Like, I really, uh, this just sounds so, I mean, I don't know if it doesn't sound bad, but I love The Hunger Games. I did too. I absolutely I love did that too. Series. And people were like, oh, that's so cliche. And I'm like, I really enjoyed that series. A and lot. I didn't think I would because I, I think I saw yeah. one of the first films, one of the first videos. And yeah. I was thinking, no, I don't think so. And then everyone was talking about it. So kind of like some other books that everyone talks about, I had to read it and I was hooked on book one. That's what I'm saying. It was a really well-written and it's first person. So you get all these like little things where she's like in her head thinking about like which boys to trust, who to trust in the match and all this stuff. And then you watch the video and she like rolls her eyes and you're like, no, 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 no. In her head, if you read the book, she's losing it. 
Like she's in the middle of a match. And so that is one of the things, like I like those kind of books. I mean, like I even really enjoyed the Maze Runner series. I mean, those are like modern dystopians or, you know, and I just, Hey, I'm a part of this generation. So I kind of like that stuff, you know, no, no, so I'm not I'm saying with- I hate on the great Gatsby. I'm just saying like, it'd be cool to read something that's a little bit newer than the great Gatsby someday. Yeah, you know, I, I get you. So you also have a, your company called Marsman limited. I do have and my own editing company. It's an edit. So tell me about that. I provide individualized professional editing, mostly content editing. I think a lot of people are like, Oh, editors just do periods, commas, and this, this, and this. That's uh, a proofreader. No, yeah. That's a proofreader. That's line. Uh, that's line editing. So what I do is I, kind of do what I did in college where I take a section of a novel, like 20, 25 pages. And then I go into them and I, and I go in there and I'm like, this is a good place. This is metaphorical. You're showing a lot of good character traits here. Let's see if we can drive this home. Uh, let's like those kind of like hints, um, like your tone right here is negative. You're having them say positive things. So like those Finding types inconsistencies. of inconsistencies. Yeah. Yeah. So you see those kind of content edits where you're like, cause I think everyone has a really great story to tell. They just don't have, they've never been taught how to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so I go in there and I dissect uh, and I, you know, I don't overwhelm my, my clients. I just go in there and I dissect and it, it, you know, ways that you can think about being the writer. So in the future, when they're writing new pages, they're like, oh, I remember uh, when Matt was talking about this. This is a good time to keep my tone dark. Always have tone involved in your books, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or always have mood, or, you know. And, and one of the things I always tell my clients is pacing. You have to have flow of senses. You have to have some sort of pacing to your readers. You can't have like you have to be able to vary sense and structure. So it paces so it reads with fluidity. And that's something that a lot of writers like don't really think about it. I'm like, you have to be writing like you're telling the story to a human being. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so that's one of the things I do. So I, I run a company, basically I run the company and I am the company. And basically I uh, do individualized content. Editing. I provide zooms. I have certain, my, uh, I have a list on my website. I have like 25 pretty strong traits but I'll do full novels. I'll do like 25 pages if you want. Uh, I'll do like I work with you on that. Um, I've done novels and I'm really good with archetypal stuff. Yes, you are. Yes. You um, are. And I'm so like, if they talk about things, I'm like, try not to be so literal is what I'm trying to say, you know, like that kind of stuff. So I, I do that kind of content editing. And then, you know what? I'm also good at line editing and it frustrates me. So I'll also <laughs> do proofreading too, just to like, cause I have little irks. Okay. I can't read anything without correcting along the way as I go. Oh, that's what um, I'm saying. I'm like, nah, nah, yeah. nah, nah, nah. as a former language arts teacher. Yeah. We, oh, yeah, for sure. we can't help ourselves. What can, what can we say? Yeah. So you talked about what's next, your novel, which is done and 10 times edited already. And oh, yeah, probably more. Yeah. Uh, it was hard. It was harder than I was trying to write. Why? Because I tried to write as a standalone. So like. You don't have to read Irish Town in order to enjoy. is Irish Town and then the, it's the new story. And so it was really hard having to like blend in 
background to Irish and what happened in Irish town while also continuing the new plot. So I had to discover a way using sweets, using their little candies to figure out a way how to use memory flashbacks or PTSD flashbacks to activate like things that happen in Irish town. Mm-hmm. And then sweet evil's plot progresses while the character, while Jester's son learns about what happened in Irish town. So it was really hard to like basically write two stories within a novel. <laughs> But it's really, I mean, it's got a little countdown in it, but it's, it's different. Are you, are you happier? Are you happier with it than you were with Irish Town? I'm not happy that it's not getting picked up. (laughs) But uh, after this conference, holy mackerel, it's uh, chances. But I would think that you would. No, no, I actually, sorry to interrupt, but I, uh, I think Sweet Eagle's got a shot. I think it's better. Uh, my editor thinks it's better. It's just the beginning of Irish Town is really good. Okay, yeah, the very beginning. Yeah. So That's I've well. tried to work on Sweet Evil. I think the content after you get to page twenty is like really, really strong. But the opening to Irish Town is tough to beat. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out a way how I can open Sweet Evil in a similar fashion. But you will. You'll figure it out. But Jester's so likable. Yeah. Yeah. He is. <laughs> you know? He really is. So um, what advice do you have for budding authors, authors who've been writing for 10 years and want to be an overnight success <laughs> or those yeah. just starting out? My advice would be, you know, it always starts with a sentence. That's all writing is. You know, you start with one sentence, then you write two, then you write three, and then eventually you have a page, and then eventually you have 10 pages. And then you have something, you have content. And you don't have to be perfect. Writers are perfect. If you do NaNoWriMo? I do it once. Okay. Do you write every no, day? No, I don't do NaNo. No. Uh, no, I don't, actually. I write, like, in spurts um, where I'll just sit down. I usually write at, like, 4.30 in the morning. And if I, I'm working on an adult novel right now. But I, I write from, like, 4.30 to 7. So, Whoa. yeah. Yeah, one of my mentors said that your brain is most creative right when it wakes up in the morning. And I love writing in the morning. I love it. Like there's when the world is quiet and there is no stress and there is no like work day or traffic or anything like that for a couple hours, it's a really peaceful time to write. So I like writing in the morning, but I don't write every day. No, I don't know. But I've been trying to If you don't, you lose a, what's that word? Would you run? Would you like you lose? The flow. Uh, yeah. You uh, lose strength too. Like I mean, right. it's hard to like, your mojo. I for, yeah, I did write for two weeks and it was hard to write a couple pages. But after a while, you're like, just, you know, it's just uh, writing's a peaks and valleys profession. Peaks and valleys. Gotta appreciate the peaks, gotta love the peaks and understand that the valleys right. are shout there outs? as well. Do you have shout outs to people you wanna re- recognize? I wanna recognize my father, uh, Michael Mahar. He uh, really supported me throughout writing Irish Town. I dedicated the book to my mother, mm-hmm. Sharon Mahar, because she's just been my my rock through my whole life. And these characters truly wouldn't be here if it weren't for her. And I want to thank my uh, best friend, Mitch Ludwigson, just for being a supportive best friend. He's he's uh, 
he's a character or, you know, he's, he's got one of my, uh, my base characters in there. So I just want to say thanks to my best friend for being so supportive as well. Oh yeah. And Barbara Best, my other editor. Who? What am I thinking? My neighbor. Yeah. She's also <laughs> great. Tell me her name again. Barbara Bess. All righty. Here's a free question flash round. Pudding okay. or jello? Pudding. Beer or whiskey? Beer. Summer or winter? Sp- oh, winter. <laughs> you were going to say spring. I, think I gonna was going to say spring. I was going to say spring. But you're following directions. So you're. <laughs> yeah, I am. Reading I, the instructions. I, 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 <laughs> I was like, uh, I know my objective. I know my standards. I got to be able to accomplish this task. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would have said spring or fall or something just to be contrary. Where can our listeners find your work and hire you if they are interested? Uh, My website is Matthew J. Two two T's. Two T's. I've never met a one T, but... You know, they're, you know, teach their own, but Matthew with two T's it's Matthew J Mahar, M E A G H E R.com. And that'll give you all my, uh, that, that gives you links to all my Irish town stuff. Like if you want, and it's also an audible. So if you guys listen to books, Irish towns on audible as well, and he does a pretty good job. So if you guys like the fact that like you guys like hearing, uh, they're going to do all the voices and then yeah the audible is very entertaining but you can also get links to amazon it's on barnes and noble uh you know it just keeps getting better hopefully it keeps winning awards (laughs) will will i see you this year at the georgetown christmas market the book nook at the georgetown christmas market maybe sure why not if they invite me back (laughs) yeah yeah for us two weekends i'll I'll, uh i got an email for yeah, I got an email from them a couple of weeks ago. I, I just haven't been able to respond, but I'll respond right after this. I'll see what's up. All righty, Jerry Fabianic. I'm sure he would love to hear from you. Um, it's yeah. always a it's always a fun time there in, in Georgetown. Um, yeah. What is there anything else you want our listeners to know about you or your work? No, I mean, it, no. <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, like to be honest, like I I've re- I've published short stories and I published novels. And the thing, or I've written novels and I've published one novel. And the truth is, it's a talent, but I, I it's a lot of hard work too. So it is. It is. Uh, don't go that. Like I mean, that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of hard work, and the hard work isn't necessarily writing. It's mental health. I mean, you got to fight for your ideas. You got to fight for your word. You got to believe in it. There is going to be naysayers, and you just got to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are people there. Look around. There are people there to help you. And if you need an editor, don't be ashamed. I've used them. They help. Absolutely. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. Yeah. Matt, will you send me some photos? So when I put this all up on my website, I can stick some photos in there of you and your books and whatever you feel like sending me. I will yes, have, that'd be great. I'll, yeah. I'll have some Would links you and photos. Like a link to my new publication. Well, yes. Is it okay. available both for pre-order? Oh, not a book. It's a, just a link, like it's an online publication for like a short story I wrote. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you, you want to get that, all those You want to get that to everybody? Yeah. You, oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't have it with me, 
But I was just saying, like, if you go to my website, there's a there's a link to it. Sorry, I didn't mean to be mean there. I just no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, but you, but, I'll put that. I'll put that on my website when you yeah, send it to I'll, me. Yeah, I'll send you the link. And it's it's a really interesting piece. It's called Tick. Okay. And it's about you know I write YA short stories, but it's about a girl saying goodbye to her dying father. That's that's the premise. But it's there, got there's very, your elevator pitch. All right. But it's got a very interesting twist. So okay, short story. I I love stories with twists. They're wonderful. Yeah, this one uh, this one's gonna get you for sure. I will have links and photos on my website at LudvilleLaurel.com eventually after I get this all together. And Matthew Mahar, Matt Mahar, thank you so much for this. I hope you're taking some cough medicine. Um, I apologize to those. He's he's still with us, everybody listening. I can edit. I'll edit out your coughing for the audio version, but <laughs> I'm so, I'm so embarrassed by that, but yeah, I mean, that's part of teaching. Like I'm it is like, what it is, what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. It's never perfect. It's never perfect. But, Life is never I, perfect. I, uh, I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate it. And cool. uh, feel free to tell me how great I am anytime you want. <laughs> thank you. You are so great. This book is wonderful. People get it, get it for your, can I say horny teenage boys and, <laughs> and your girls and the parents, because it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's different. It's wonderful. Oh, I appreciate Har. it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Go take care of yourself and we'll, we'll I will. Thank you for see you uh, in a couple months. Comp. Yeah, I will too. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. Alligator Preserves is hosted and produced by Laurel McCard with technical support provided by her husband, Mike McCard. Follow her on her website at leadvillelaurel.com, where she writes about life, real, and imagined. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy her books. Find her work at amazon.com.